Welcome to this podcast from BMJ Open. I'm Trish Groves and I'm the Editor-in-Chief. Today we have an interview with an author of a paper that we're publishing in BMJ Open on the prevalence and incidence of reported autism in the United Kingdom between 2004 and 2010. The study had authors in both the UK and the US, and today we have with us Dr. Herschel Jick from the Boston University School of Medicine. Welcome, Dr. Jick. Thank you. So, what prompted you and your colleagues to do this study? Well, the immediate prompting came from a, uh, an, actually a press release from the uh, Communicable Disease Center in the United States, which uh, had been uh, doing a study for almost 10 years on the prevalence rates of autism. They, they found increasing prevalences over time. Our data comes from the UK, and we decided to follow up our previous studies and look at the same group of people that they uh, purported to to look at. So, so tell us a little bit more. What exactly was your research question and the overall study design? The question was, uh, what was the prevalence rate of autism in eight-year-olds, which is what the uh, CDC did, uh, from 2004 to 2010 annually, an annual prevalence. Right. And, and what database did you use to carry out your analyses? Well, the, this database was constructed in 1990, and uh, we have used that database for uh, close to 200 uh, research studies uh, since that time. And we have all of the information, which is recorded by general practitioners, over a 1,000 of them. This is a database which is continually updated with uh, information from primary care in the UK. As many listeners will know, the UK um, has a system, a healthcare system, where pretty much everybody has a family doctor. And that's where you go, first of all, when you're you're sick or if you're being looked after for a chronic disease or whatever. So um, it is pretty representative of, of everybody in the UK, isn't it? Well, it was designed to be represented geographically and according to age by the general population of the UK. How did you actually estimate the prevalence and the annual incidence, and why did you um, stick with this, this cutoff of age 8? Well, uh, in these studies, if you want to compare your results with somebody else's results, you have to actually use the same age range because incidence and prevalence with autism, for example, and almost any other illness, uh, changes with age. So the incidence in two-year-olds is one thing. The incidence in five-year-olds is is different. So how reliable and valid would a recorded diagnosis of autism be in GPRD, and might you have missed any cases? Well, we might have missed some, uh, and uh, we, we don't know that. But in terms of the ones that we do identify, those are fully validated. They're for extensive records from psychologists and uh, referrals. And all of these, by law, when the GP refers somebody that they're concerned about, uh, they have to be returned to the GP with a full uh, you know, evaluation. And we have actually the original records, uh, and we looked at them very carefully to see how often they were well enough uh, defined 
to make the diagnosis of autism. And what we can tell you for sure is uh, they are steady. So we're quite confident that the people that we kept in the study actually had a well-defined diagnosis of autism. So how many boys and girls are we actually talking about? I mean, how many were were, um, in the database uh, during that time period? And how many boys and girls had diagnoses of autism? The number of children who have been diagnosed with autism at one time or another over this 20 years is over 4,000. And the whole database is 3 million. So every year it's 3 million. So you mentioned that actually the trends um, were very steady. What, did, what exactly did you find? Can you tell us um, a bit more? For the prevalence and incidence uh, from 2004 and eight-year-olds from 2004 to 2010, for prevalence, there were about four per thousand children aged eight, and for incidence, they were a little over one per thousand. And the difference between boys and girls? Well, virtually all the studies that are very carefully done show that the ratio is about four or five boys to every girl. So given all that, would you say there, there is an epidemic of autism in the UK? Well, uh, right now, the, I would say that, that there isn't. <laughs> in other words, an epidemic means that you have an outbreak over a certain period of time in a certain group. And these are, uh, whatever's going on in the UK with uh, diagnosing autism, it's extremely steady. Now, the background of this is we started studies uh, that go back to 1988. And at that time, a di- uh, autism was rarely diagnosed. Uh, however, it started, uh, the diagnosis started to be made in the early 90s. It went up dramatically over the 90s. And then uh, we have followed it through 2010, in a sense, and it's leveled off. We don't know why it rose so uh, much in the 90s, and in a sense, it's almost even uh, more surprising that it's leveled off. But, you know, that's what it is. Backtracking back to the CDC study and perhaps evidence that you know of from other countries, overall, how does what's been happening in the UK, as shown by this study, compare with what's been happening in, in other parts of the world? Well, uh, one thing that's critical in this story, which is an incredible story, uh, is that in the 90s, uh, there's evidence not only in three countries that the number of children diagnosed with autism rose dramatically over the 10-year period. This is Denmark, the UK, and the US. So uh, there's no real... Uh, argument about whether that happened. So uh, whatever happened in these three countries, one would logically conclude is uh, probably uh, the same sort of phenomenon. The data just look the same in all three countries. And on top of that, in the U- well, in the UK and in the US, the, these rates are uh, rising in the 90s in various parts of the countries. So there is something going on there, which is which is going on at the same time in three different countries, at least. So I know that in your in your paper on BMJ Open that you discuss uh, diagnostic fashion and um, how that may or may not explain some of these changes in the rates of 
of, of diagnosis. But um, I hope that people will go off to BMJ Open and read the open access paper there. Dr Chick, thank you very much uh, for taking part in this BMJ Open podcast. <laughs>